Testing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Testing one, two, three, four, five, one, two. Testing Lori. Test, test, test. Hmm. Testing, test one, two. Oh, okay. I didn't have it close enough to my mouth. Testing for fill, testing for fill. Testing for Steve. This is Steve's mic. Testing, test, uh-oh. Test, testing for Steve. Test, test, one, two, three, four. Test, one, two, one, two, one, two. Testing Bruce, testing Bruce's mic, test, okay, that's it.
Good morning, welcome to worship at Church of the Palms Presbyterian Church on this first Sunday of September, which is also Communion Sunday. I'm Pastor Phil Bliss. Our soloist that we'll hear this morning is the very talented Maylise Martinson, and uh, she is with us uh, during the summertime from her college work. This, uh, this week on September the 5th, on Wednesday, our family fall kickoff will be held at 6 p.m. Uh, in the chapel center. It'll start with dinner and they'll follow that with uh, games and entertainment, prizes, and a good time for the family this Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Next week on September the 12th, Beginning at 6.12 p.m., we'll be having our uh, fall series of uh, studies and programs, four of them that you can choose from. We'll be having, first of all, by Dale and Marianne Valrath, a study on prayer called Prayer 101. That'll be held in the chapel. Carolyn Wilson will lead a class also on Wednesday evenings on Freedom in Christ. This is a Beth Moore study, and uh, that will, will uh, talk about the place for that to be held. Thirdly, Dr. Alan Rada will be teaching a class on the, fruit of the fruits of the Spirit. And fourthly, Tony Liga will teach a class on apologetics, or defending the faith. A uh, new member class will be held on September the 15th, a Saturday, from 9 to noon. 
And finally, this morning, Dr. McConnell is preaching from James chapter 1 on the power of negative thinking. Again, welcome to our worship, and we'll go downstairs for the beginning of our worship service. God bless you. Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. I'm Bob Nerthling and have served our congregation and our church as an elder and Stephen minister. We begin our service with the opening prayer printed on the cover of our bulletin. Now let us bow our heads as we prepare for worship. Let us pray. Our hearts overflow with longings too great for words, gracious God. You have been so good to us, yet we are dissatisfied. We have many things to enjoy, but seldom have we found our home with you. Meet us here to anoint us with the oil of gladness. Awaken us with singing and speak your truth to draw us away from the lure of wickedness. May this time of worship help us to become a wise and understanding people eager to live as the body of Christ, making a difference in the world as Jesus did so long ago on the Galilean shore. Amen. If anyone can awaken us with singing, it is Maylis, your favorite and certainly mine. Now, as our service continues with reverence, let us prepare our hearts and minds as we listen to the prelude.
The psalmist wrote, O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, for your sake do not forsake me. I proclaim your might to all the generations to come. Your power and your righteousness, O God, reach the high heavens. Amen. Only God knows how often we have sinned and wandered from his ways and wasted his gifts and forgotten his love. Therefore, please join me as we read together our prayer of confession. O oh God, we admit that all is not well with us. We are easily angered and slow to forgive. We speak without listening and pretend to listen without really hearing. Our tongues become weapons rather than instruments of healing. We are more critical than helpful toward the poor in our midst. Hidden in our hearts are the attitudes that produce avarice, deceit, and violation of our promises to you and to one another. Turn us around so we can accept your forgiveness and learn to love ourselves as you want us to be. Through Jesus Christ, amen. God is gracious and merciful toward us. He will teach us to hate our errors and our secret faults. He will forgive our sin. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Let us affirm our faith as we read together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now greet those around you this morning.
We are grateful that you are with us this morning here at Church of the Palms. Thankful the Lord has led us to come to this place where we can be in worship and know that God is here and wanting to send us into the world to serve him. So we hope you will find this to be a place not just of welcome, but also a place of commission as we seek to serve our common Lord. Lots of good things are happening here. We'd love for you to fill out the friendship pads and pass those to the people next to you and denote those folks who are sitting near you and welcome them into our midst. Perhaps invite them to a cup of coffee underneath the tree on this beautiful September morning. We have a lot of things to share with you this morning. Our uh, new members class is coming up in a couple of weeks, uh, September the 15th. So if you'd like to learn more about being a member of the family of the Church of the Palms, we would love to have you join us. It's from 9 to 12 on Saturday morning, uh, September the 15th. We uh, also uh, will be looking forward to this Wednesday night, our family kickoff event, where we'll be gathering up all the families of our church, parents, children, grandparents, and grandchildren, and we welcome you to come to the campus center at 6 o'clock for dinner and for a lot of great events as we get, uh, get moving forward with our fall season. And then the following Wednesday, our adult education gets kicked off with four uh, opportunities, four classes, alternatives for you to grow in your own spiritual journey. We invite you to take a look at those. And on page nine of your bulletin, at the bottom of page nine, there's a little tear off. We would love to hear from you as to which of those classes you're thinking about joining just so that we can do our planning uh, appropriately. So please note that on page nine, tear it off, put it in the offering plate. Uh, along with something else, and, um, and then make sure that we get that information uh, this morning. We uh, look forward to next Sunday, a celebration of Fred Marsh's ministry, uh, which will uh, follow this service over in the Campus Center at 10.30. So we invite you to come and be a part of that as we celebrate uh, Fred and Linda and uh, Fred's great ministry in our midst next Sunday. Uh, our Samaritan Counseling Ministry here at Church of the Palms, which we support and which is on our campus, is sponsoring a golf event in, uh, in a few weeks in October. Uh, there's an announcement about that in your bulletin. We would love to get as many of you golfers here. How many, how many people play golf? Raise your hand. Oh, I know there's more than that. You're not being honest. We would love to have you support this ministry by doing something you love to do already. So uh, sign up. There's information about that in your bulletin, the Samaritan, Golfing, Samaritan Counseling Golf Event in October. Also, we uh, encourage you next week on your way out of church to sign up for ushering. There will be a table available for you after uh, worship, and we would love to have you help us out with that important ministry. Today, our families are worshiping together with us today, our children especially, and uh, to celebrate that, we've invited a couple of our, of our youth to join us in leading worship. Allison McHenry and Jordan Goodwin will be taking part in the service this morning as we include them in our church's family life. We have some deaths to report to you this morning of those who have passed over the last couple of weeks. Norma Claypool passed away on, October, on August the 22nd. Her service is on November the 9th. Martha Pickett passed away on August the 26th and her service is on September the 22nd. Anita Thomas passed away on August the 27th and her service will be on October the 18th. 
and Greg Berger passed away on August the 30th, and there is no uh, services yet scheduled, and Alan Kurtzdorfer passed away on August the 19th, and services will be for him in Pennsylvania. So please keep the families of those people in your prayers. And lastly, we want to report to you that Derek Thompson and Alicia Thompson had a baby girl. Our youth director, Derek Thompson, Isla June Thompson, came into the world on Friday. So keep the Thompsons in your prayers as they get to play zone defense and no longer man-to-man. So I'd like to invite the children to come forward for the children's moment. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Yeah, you guys all right? Everybody's good? Good. All right, come right down in the middle here so you can see, and we will, come on, you bet, right here for now. So we are going to finish up our series on the fruits of the Spirit, and there are nine of them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and now the hardest one of all, self-control. Self-control is being in charge of your thoughts and your actions. And it's not always easy to do, and sometimes you have to do things you don't even want to do. Let me give you an example. Self-control, if you have to be kind to someone who has hurt your feelings. Self-control, cleaning your room after your mom asks you the first time and not arguing with her. You know what else is self-control? saying no to temptation. I want to show you a couple things I have in my basket. First, imagine my magic plate. You can ask for any kind of food as much as you want, whenever you want, on my magic plate. The second thing, my magic wand. You can fly and do all kinds of really great things with my magic wand. Third thing, the crown of power. If you're a boy, you gotta think of like a more manly kind of crown, but you get the idea. And the treasure chest of gold, a hundred times bigger than this amount of gold. Can you imagine if someone offered you all of this and you really weren't supposed to have it? Would it be hard to say no to it? Oh my gosh, I think it would be so hard to say no. Jesus said no. In Matthew 4, when Jesus was just starting his ministry, he went out into the wilderness to get ready, and he fasted for 40 days and nights. Do you know what it means to fast? Does anyone know? What what do you do when you fast? You don't eat anything. So he was so hungry, so Satan comes up to him basically with a magic plate and says, hey, Jesus, if you're the son of God, turn these rocks into bread. And Jesus said, Oh my gosh. And then Satan took him to the holy city up on the temple and he said, Jesus, if you're the son of God, jump off of this temple. Surely God will wave his magic wand and will save you. And Jesus said, It is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Satan wasn't done yet. He took him out to the highest mountain, and he said, Jesus, look out everything you can see. You can rule it all. You can have all the riches of the world if you'll just bow down and worship me. And Jesus said, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him all. 
It wasn't easy for Jesus. And you know what? God knows that it's not easy for us to always have self-control. So God just wants us to practice it. And the more you practice something, the better you get at it. So if you're having a little trouble, here's what God wants us to do. Lean on him. Pray to him and say, God, having a little trouble here controlling my thoughts. And God will help you. God, having a little trouble here controlling my tongue or my hands or my feet. And God will help you because God wants you to have self-control so that you can show love and kindness to everyone. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for loving us so much and for being patient with us. And we just ask that you help each one of us live out every fruit of the Spirit, and this week especially, that we work on our self-control so that we do have that loving, kind response that can only come from you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, you guys can go back to your seats.
worship through the presentation of our tithes and gifts and offerings.
us pray. Our hearts overflow with thanksgiving for all the bounty you entrust to us, O God of light. You have reached into the shadows where we often flee to rescue us and give us your work to do. As you have freed us from the chains of sin, we seek to offer healing to others as we listen and share and do. Bless our offering. Amen. The scripture lesson is from James 1, verses 17 through 27. Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In fulfillment of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would become a kind of first fruits of his creatures. You must understand this, my beloved, let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank, growth of wickedness, and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look in themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves, and on going away, immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. If any think they are religious, but do not bridle their tongues, but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the, by the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Allison. Got a budding preacher there, I think. Michigan fans are looking forward to the beginning of the college football season next week. <laughs> Having played their scrimmage last night, we're looking forward to the real season. Let us pray. We thank you for your word, O oh Lord, for the blessing of that word upon our lives and ask, O oh God, that these words to come will simply point to that word just read and most of all, to the Word made flesh in Jesus the Christ, for we pray this in his name. Amen. We live in a world where the positive can quickly turn into the negative. We live in a world where the positive can quickly turn into the negative. Miroslav Volf, the Yale theologian and native of the old Yugoslavia, tells the story of adopting their son Nathaniel. They had, put in, they had been put in contact with a pregnant, unwed, soon-to-be mother who wanted to give up her baby for adoption. Arrangements were made, and about three months later, the phone call finally came. The little boy had entered the world. The Vols couldn't sleep the whole night in preparation to drive to the hospital and bring their adopted son home. 
They stop for a donut on the way, and in leaving the donut shop parking lot, the excited father turned the wrong way on a one-way street directly in front of a police officer. The lights on the officer's car began flashing, so the couple pulled over just a few minutes away from the hospital where they were going to have this holy moment. And as they were excited about being able to share with this officer and being aware of the Yugoslavian custom that when you're stopped by a police officer, you're responsible for getting out of the car, the professor stepped out of the car only to hear the officer yell, get back in the car. But, but you don't understand, officer. I, I just want to tell you that, that I'm on my way to adopt my first get back in the car, which the professor did. License and registration. And from there, the air from the balloon escaped. They got handed a ticket with a stern warning from the officer, next time, pay better attention. On the way to adopting their first child, getting chewed out by a law enforcement agent, Wolf does not fault the officer. Of course, he was just doing his job. But he tells the story of how a day so positive can quickly turn negative. How a holy moment can quickly turn into an unholy moment. Negative has that kind of power. It's amazing what it can do to you. It's amazing how quickly you can be thinking one thing, a very pleasant thing, and then the tone, the blare, the, the jar of an impatient word, a raised voice, a careless rumor, a cast aspersion can get you thinking so very differently, something very unpleasant, something very unholy. Truth is, it doesn't take much to get you swirling into the vortex of the negative. Certainly the flashing lights and siren of a police car can startle you in that direction, but even the sound of what we say can get us and others just as fast into that vortex. We're in the middle of convention season in between two major political parties, national conventions. I was a political science major in college, ran a large collegiate political convention when I was a senior. I lived the stuff when I was young. And while I understand that party conventions are more theater than anything else and political campaigns can get dirty and nasty, I have been checking myself over the past few weeks and listening and watching the scorched earth political ads. And I've been noticing that the words, the negative words, on either side affect me. They do something to me. They make me feel negative, which is, of course, the point. But worse, they draw me into the vortex of cynicism. They lead me, they tempt me to become cynical. I grow discouraged. And before I know it, I end up saying cynical and negative things myself. I get into conversations about politics, which I know you're never supposed to do. And I hear myself saying cynical things. They're all corrupt, I say. They're all in it for the money, I say. They're all just trying to get elected, I say. It's amazing what the negative the blaring horn, the caustic word, the negative sound can do to you. You ever been in a conversation with someone and the negative thing gets said and 
whether it's a story in the news or a rumor from the neighborhood or a lament about world events, and before you know it, the whole conversation is going negative. The vortex forms and every living and breathing thing is being drawn into the black hole. Judgments are issued, eyes are rolled, despair is kindled, and after all is said and done, you have a little less to believe in. A little less to believe in. The world can do that to you. The world can give you a little less to believe in. You can be thinking one day that the world is a yeah, pretty good place, but then the sharp word or the rude gesture or the casual rumor is heard, and it just doesn't take long for you to say to yourself, you know, the world really isn't such a nice place. I suppose that's what happened in the Garden of Eden. The storyteller tells it pretty well. God creates a pretty spectacular world, light and water and trees and river and birds and animals and human beings being partnered, work to do. It's all pretty darn good. And then the serpent slithers in and pulls alongside one of the humans and says, wow, pretty nice world, huh? Except one problem. And then from then on, the story's about the problem. And the problem leads to another problem. And now they can't escape the problem. On the campus of the college I attended, there's a hilltop from which you can look out upon a vast landscape of western Pennsylvania Amish farmland. You can see farmhouses and lakes and little lanes and occasionally an Amish buggy clip-clopping down the road. It's just a beautiful vista. And at one point I had paused with a friend just to take in the view when my friend said to me, boy, what a, what a lovely view. Too, too bad they had to run that little line of telephone poles over there. What telephone poles, I said, well, the ones you see right, right over there. And sure enough, there they were, little scar on the landscape, one I had not seen before, but all it took was for someone to point it out. And from that moment, the vista was marred. Those poles became the only thing now I could see, such as what the negative word can do. It makes you wonder, isn't it, if it isn't what the Apostle Paul, the Apostle James had in mind when he writes in the first chapter of his letter about religion, about good religion, we are going to be looking at the five chapters of James this month, and it's interesting to observe that when James talks about religion, he has nothing much to say about the doctrine of religion, the, the content of our beliefs about God. There is no systematic theology presented by James, no four points of orthodoxy. Instead, what James is concerned about when it comes to religion is what we do, what we do and what we say, or maybe what we don't say. He writes, let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for your anger does not produce God's righteousness. He continues, be Doers of the word, not merely hearers. And those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. 
And then he says, if any think they are religious and do not bridle their tongues, but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Be slow to speak and bridle your tongue. Not words many of us want to hear, are they? Bridle your tongue? You mean to think that the world does not want to hear my voice? But the wisdom, of course, is there when we realize how quick things can go negative, how tempted we are to repeat the rumor, to sing the cynical chorus, to cast dispersion upon the actions of others, to doubt the motives, to point out the blemish. And what happens in all this is that there, if there was any belief at all in our hearts, if there was any faith to think that the world was a world loved by God, created by God, graced by God, blessed by God, that it really is a beautiful order of which we are a part, that if we had any shred of believing these things, well, when we don't bridle our cynical tongues or cynical spirits, well, we deceive ourselves. We deceive our hearts. We deceive the very repository of God's goodness. Instead, James says, you want to know about religion. Religion is not about your opinion. Religion is not about what you say. Religion, he says, that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and for widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the cynical world. Do something for God's sake is another translation of the text. Be a countervailing force to the cynicism. The last thing we need is another talking head telling us how bad the world is or how bad that group is or how bad that party is. The last thing that we need to hear is your opinion, James says. Do something. Find an orphan to care for. Come alongside a widow. Give someone something to believe in. The world every day will convince us to believe less. So James says, be the countervailing force and give someone something to believe in. Of course, the puzzle has a few pieces missing, but your staring at it and commenting on it doesn't change it. But this will be the solution, James says, and not the problem. A friend of mine who runs a company of a few hundred people who has plenty of things to keep himself busy with, called up the Big Brother organization and said, I want to be a countervailing force. I want to dispel maybe the growing cynicism of a fatherless child. So every week, he gives up a couple of hours to a young boy just to give a young man a little something to believe in. We got your stories from the Mission Field of Dreams over these last several months. And what we all learned, didn't we, is that it didn't take a whole lot of cash, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 
to bring light into the darkness. A kid gets to go to camp. Food gets put into someone's mouth. A homeless man gets a gift. A Central American child receives medical treatment. Go on our website and you will see scores and scores of stories of what our church members did with just a little bit of money. Each one, each gesture, each action, a countervailing force, an uncynical advance upon a cynical world. Reminds me of a day when I was a young teenager. It had snowed a few inches in the Detroit area the night before, and for whatever reason, I was moping around the house, copping an attitude, angry about something that wasn't going my way. So my dad brings me to the window of our house and points me across the street to notice Mrs. Ball's house. Mrs. Ball was a lovely lady in our neighborhood who had lost her husband a couple of years before. He pointed me over to Mrs. Ball's house and said, you see her driveway? See her sidewalk? Guess what you get to do? You get to shovel it. You get to shovel it right now. And when you're done with that, you get to shovel ours. But, but Dad, do it, he said. This is not a conversation. So with shovel in my hand, I moped over to Mrs. Ball's house and begrudgingly shoveled, cursing the day of my father's birth. <laughs> it didn't take very long. She didn't have much of a driveway, not much of a walkway. I finished and started back to our house when I heard a sound. I heard a knocking, a knocking on the window pane. I turned and there was the widow, Mrs. Ball, standing in the window in her house coat, just standing. And then came this. That's all. But that's all it took for me to have learned a little about religion.
Perhaps there was no more cynical moment in all of history than the night when our Lord and Savior gathered together with his disciples at table. One who had already betrayed him, another who was on his way to denying him, the rest for the most part on their way to abandoning him. Probably no greater time to grow cynical. But in that very moment, it was our Lord and Savior who gathered at table with his disciples and said, this feast is for you. This feast is for the world. This feast is to show what disciples do in cynical worlds. We love the world, even when the world doesn't really want to love us back. So friends, we are gathered here at this table to celebrate the feast of forgiveness and love, to receive the gifts of grace and of mercy, and to find the answer of God to a cynical world, sacrifice of body and blood, so that the world might know in Jesus Christ that God so loves the world. So come to this table, find here hope, find here a reason to be hopeful, find here the sustenance to live in a hopeful way, in a world that yearns to hear hope and not despair. Hear the words of the supper of our Lord Jesus Christ as they are delivered by the Apostle Paul. I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the same night in which he's betrayed, our Lord took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take and eat. For this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember the Lord's death until he comes again. And he will come again. Let us pray. We thank you, O oh God, that you love us to the end. You did not love us to just the point where we gave up on you. You loved us to the end. You will love us to the end. You will love the world to the end. And so we ask, O oh Lord, that as we come to this table, we will receive a part of that love, that we will be filled with your spirit, that we will be given hope to live as light in a darkened world, that others might come to know at this table and through our lives that there is a God who so loved the world that he gave us his only son. Bless this meal through your spirit. In Christ's name, amen. Our look to Brit.
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, and who satisfies you with good as long as you shall live. And after supper, Jesus took the cup.
Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and he who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the worthy sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. For no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Shall we pray? <clears throat> we thank you, Lord Jesus, for the gift of your supper in the spirit of your Son, the Son who gives us newness of life, strength, and eternal life. And we pray that uh, the gifts of this table will motivate us more to serve you even more, just as you serve us in Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. <clears throat>
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. This telecast is coming to you from the Sanctuary of Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. We bring you a live broadcast of our 9 o'clock traditional worship service each Sunday morning throughout the year. Locally, we're seen on Comcast Cable Channel 189. And through live streaming, we're also seen everywhere the Internet reaches throughout the world. Church of the Palms is a Presbyterian Church, USA. If you're ready to make a deeper commitment to Church of the Palms through membership, then we invite you to join our Fall New Members class. In this class, you'll learn more about the church, what we believe in, and how you can get involved. Please contact Carolyn Wilson, Director of Equipping Ministry, to sign up. You can call at 941 for the area code and the number 924-1323. A question for you. Why not now? Well, that would apply to adult classes Wednesdays this fall. Dinner at 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. Classes start at 6.12 p.m. You want to learn more about prayer? Conversations with God is one of the studies, Prayer 101, with Dale and Marianne Volrith. Whether you're a novice at talking with God or a seasoned prayer warrior, we all have much to learn about the power of prayer in our personal lives. Even Christ's disciples ask, Lord, teach us to pray. Freedom in Christ, what does that really mean? 
Breaking Free, Beth Moore's study with Carolyn Wilson conducting. In this study, Beth Moore takes us through a study of the scriptures to discover the transforming power of freedom in Jesus Christ. Do you want to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in your life? That's with Dr. Alan Rada. Where do you stand on the fruitful behavior scale? No fixed formulas in this class, but rather discussions on how to better understand and work toward the prize of the high calling of Christ in our fruit behavior. Music ministry announces its fall concert season. The Sarasota Pops concert at Church of the Palms, October 28th at 3 p.m. All Hallows' Eve meets All Saints' Day. Enjoy a little early Halloween concert with Sanson's Dance Macabre. Then celebrate All Saints' Day with When the Saints Go Marching In. And featuring our wedding theme for the season, Something Old, is the Bach Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 3. Something New is a beautiful piece by Eric Whitaker called October. Something Borrowed is a medley from Phantom of the Opera. And Something Blue is Colton Kaysen singing from Old Blue Eyes, Frank Sinatra favorites. For more information, you can contact John Ferreira at 924-1323. Next Sunday morning, beginning at 9 Eastern, another live telecast will originate here in the sanctuary of Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. We sincerely hope that you'll be able to join us here on our church campus in the week to come for study, for fun, for fellowship. If you have any questions regarding the items we just talked about, you can call the church office at 924-1323 for more information. Until next week, this is Jimmy Lance. May the peace of Christ surround and comfort you and yours. Enjoy this day, this gift, God's good morning. See you.